Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. Mary King's Close was a street in Edinburgh, sealed off from the world, leaving all the people suffering from the bubonic plague trapped beneath. These people were quarantined and left to die. The residents in the city above went about their everyday lives. Did they even know there were victims of the plague dying beneath their feet? Mary King's Close was bricked up, but all of the people who lived within, plague-infected or not, were no longer living within the street. During the plague in the 17th century, the Close was quarantined and locals would bring food and water to those suffering, but they dared not let them out. Mary King's Close was abandoned in 1645 and their world is now open to us to explore and imagine what life would have been like along the dark walkways of Edinburgh's secret world. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And join us in this week's episode, Mary King's Close in Edinburgh, Scotland, on the True Hauntings podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hello, Renata. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Anne. How are you? You sound so bright and chirpy. Yes, I have my bright and chirpy voice on. Oh, you're a consummate professional, that's all I can say at the moment. I'm still grinning and bearing through a teeth agony and aching along the jaw and going to the dentist in two days. And mm. I tell you what, it needs to be an instant cure. It needs to be sorted because how many days do we actually have left we, now? We fly out in six and a half days. Ooh, so exciting. And for you guys, when you hear this, we'll have actually just got home, I think. <laughs> oh, dear. We, I think by getting this one done, we, we cover the whole trip. Mm-hmm. 
but we need to do another one. We've got to get one more in. We're cutting it so close. But it's the exciting stages now because we're like, that we did the last true, not true hauntings, uh, Spooky Sundays yesterday. Yes. And guys, you are smashing out the Spooky Sundays podcast. They've now uploaded all of the episodes and we just got told by our Bonnie, the producer, that um, we doubled the numbers overnight. Yes. How exciting. (gasps) That's very exciting. As my husband said, so now two people are watching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, the sarcasm. Rotten, rotten person that he is. Yeah. No, we're doing very well, thank you. And um, we hope that everyone actually sticks around and comes on to listen to the podcasts while we are away. Uh, We will be doing lots of lives and lots of crosses and posting photos and everything that we can possibly do on our socials. Yeah, and I think by the time you guys are listening to this one, we might even be at Old Gundagai Jail that next weekend, I think. So we've just got back from a huge drive to Dubbo and the thought of doing another drive makes my teeth hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it makes my teeth hurt as well. But there was a really good video we did on mock cream. (laughs) Thanks for that, Steve. It was up my nose. It was everywhere. Yeah, that was nice mock cream. I wonder if they will have something with mock cream in England. I'm sure they will. Oh, my belly is awaiting it. We'll go searching. Oh, I do. I do like my mock cream. I I prefer mock, not fresh. What about you? Mock or fresh? (laughs) Uh, I'm probably a fresh girl. Oh, okay. But um, tonight, uh, this episode is all about Mary King's clothes. And I have been. Yes, you have. I have been. With that other person. I've paid the ticket price. Exorbitant. I've paid the ticket price and I have gone down into the otherworldly world beyond the world and underneath the world. <laughs> so is this the same as Edinburgh Vaults or is it different? It's it's different. Right, yeah, okay. So this is kind of just an area that they have opened up um, that kind of shows where people lived and how they lived. Because it was sealed up. It was sealed up. So but the, that's the vaults, part of your history. Yeah, the vaults are a little bit different, although maybe, no, I don't know whether they call it the same thing or not, but... It, uh, Mary King's Close is uh, owned by one operational company, so it's not mm. like all the tours go into Mary King's Close, it's just one. And they call themselves the real Mary King's Close tour company. That's, that's right. <laughs> oh, there's, been some, there's been some damage done there, oh, like, I know, oh, someone no. tread on someone's they're toes. All, they're making sure they're pissing on their patch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> look, you don't blame them sometimes. Oh, look, the whole thing um, oh, is, scruples, peoples. is um, you know, quite a production. They, mm. You know, you, you walk in and there's the little museum and you can buy all your stuff in there. <gasps> can I get goodies. a fridge magnet? Oh, yes, you can. Oh. Um, and then they actually take you down into the area because they're on top of it. Um, so it's it's astounding. It is it is astounding. You yeah. sh- anyone that goes to Edinburgh should actually go and see what people did live like. Mm, what they had to do in a um, plague. Yeah. So yes. considering the times we're in now, it, it's uh, yes. very interesting. Don't don't just be complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been walled up in your houses. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, even if you were well. Mm. Mm. If, you're oh, well. In, if you're in the bad area, that was it. Yeah. Shall we get on with the show? Please do. Okay. The real Mary King's Close is cited as the most haunted location in Scotland. 
the first filed historical sighting that we have dates back to around 1685 period and involves the Colthart family. The family moved into one of the properties within the close after the last outbreak of the plague. It was shortly after this that Thomas and his wife experienced apparitions and unknown phantom energies in the close. We have also reported incidences of a woman dressed in black who frequents the close, perhaps Mary King herself in spirit form. In addition to the above, we have a worried-looking man, the famous little girl named Annie who allegedly spoke to a famous Japanese psychic, sounds of a tavern in full swing and scratching coming from inside a chimney where a child sweep is said to have died. Other unusual occurrences experienced by visitors and members of staff include stones being thrown, unexplained footsteps and countless recordings of voices, alarms being set off and physical activity. As you can see, there truly is a mixed bag of strange activity and rather plentiful at that. Have I experienced and recorded the activity? Well, Mr. Chesney's house, at the bottom of Mary King's Close, has been the subject of some quite intense electronic voice phenomena and echo vox study over the past ten years, with some rather strange results. Personally, I've witnessed alarms being set off by unseen forces, footsteps walked towards me over wooden floors in the lower levels, and a woman's voice call out, Hello! when the location was locked down after hours. Cold spots, shadow figures moving around and various bumps and knocks have also been common during the time spent underground. All, may I add, out of hours and very late at night. I've researched a plethora of locations over the last 10 years plus, but never have I witnessed so much activity that I can personally verify as fact. Not every place researched or looked into provides such data, personal experience or leaves an impression on you as this site has with me or some of my colleagues. So is Mary King's Close haunted? Yes. I would be willing to put my neck on the line here and say overwhelmingly that it is and I know such as I have had direct experience in this location. I have read some of the research by those who have tried to debunk the activity with fanciful hypothetical typings about infrasound or hallucinations, but none of this cuts the mustard after spending so much time down there. My preference in these circumstances is to get the hands dirty, put myself in the situation to fully immerse in the experience of such environments and test from this position. Only by truly doing the above can you come to a properly informed decision about hauntings. All the academic rhetoric from afar cannot remotely explain what is going on, especially when those offering explanations have never been in the location. The hard data suggests we have non-physical activity swirling throughout this underground historical attraction. We know we've had the temperature drops, movement in locked-off rooms, and strange voices caught on our audio devices. We've backed up the stories by past tourists, staff members, researchers, and tenants with our technology. The only thing we do not know is why they are still here earthbound. 
So, next time you are in Edinburgh's old town, think about the dark, deep warren of rooms under your feet and perhaps even take a journey down there and let us know what you uncover. My top tip, concentrate on Cheney's house and the lower parts of the close. You will not be disappointed. Well, I feel like I've now given you all of my ghost hauntings. There's nothing more to add. That soundscape basically covers the lot, so I'm done. Now, that one actually came from SpookyIsles.com, Mary King's Close. Uh-huh. So they're uh, giving their little description of what went down. And uh, I've, I'll go into a little bit more detail about things um, Mm-hmm. A few little interesting things I found along the way. Mm-hmm. But I'm really interested to hear the history of this location, Renata. Mm-hmm. Well, as you mentioned before, Mary King's Close is found in the centre of Edinburgh's old town. And as you said, actually underneath it. And when you are walking up the Royal Mile, it is really difficult to imagine that there is would have been life underneath because you're just seeing the buildings on top and you're seeing the road and you know it leads up to the castle and everything looks as, just it, as assu- it should be. You just assume it's earth under your feet. Yeah, Why it, would you assume anything else? You're not assuming that there is anything really underneath, um, but there is. So the close um, was named after Mary King in 1630 and she was a fabric merchant who built her own business uh, within the area after her husband's death. So she was well admired and was a prominent citizen. And it was really after pretty special people that closes were named. And closes are, I guess, the Australian equivalent equivalent to like a... Um, Street, alleyway, avenue. Av- alleyway. Oh, okay. So yeah. more like a dead end. Kind of. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. A cul-de-sac? Cul-de-sac, yep. So documents show that Mary King um, was uh, quite prominent in the community around the 1630s. And at the time uh, that uh, this was named after her, she was a widow and a mother of four. Oh, wow. And she traded in fabrics and sewed for a living. So it was... As That's a, hard, yeah. In, in that that sort of era, yeah, for yeah. a woman on her own with that many children, good honour. Absolutely. So her husband died in 1629, and uh, she and her four children then moved to the close. She rented a so-called turnpike house, um, but according to discovered papers, she led a fairly comfortable life. So when she died in 1644, her will was written up in a book, which was found many years later, and she had the close named after her. Oh, nice. So this close and many others are a network of narrow alleyways and abandoned houses that lie beneath the Royal Mile, and they have been there since the 17th century, so 1600s. 1600s. Yep, so um, unless you, and I've, I've kind of got here, unless you actually go down underneath and check it out for yourself, it's really hard to imagine what this place looks like. And even when I went down into Mary King's Close and I was there, um, I was surprised and staggered at the amount of room. You kind of think it's all enclosed. Uh, and then you go out to what is like a streetscape and yeah. you go, holy 
cow. You know, we've got a city above us still. Yeah. It's just nuts. That's, that's crazy. So who built it down there? Well, they... I'll get to that. Oh, okay. I'll get to that. I'm excited now. Yes. See, history excites me, Renata. <laughs> um, it, is, it is quite amazing. And, and for people who think that it's in darkness, it's not. It's, it's quite well lit down there so that people um, won't fall over or, or get lost or anything. Oh, so, so it's lit by the, the tour company. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, you stay in the group and, it, yeah. So it's only the spooky tours that will take you and take all the lights off. And, oh, yes. Yeah, so. Um, so for centuries, Mary King's Close was just like any other street. Um, and any close or wind in the old town of Edinburgh. So they call them closes or winds. Mm-hmm. The wind is spelt with a Y, isn't it? The oldie, ye oldie, the oldie English. English-y. Yes. <laughs> okay. yes. So Edinburgh was uh, one of only three Scottish medieval cities that had stone walls. The other two are Stirling and, and Perth. I've been to Stirling, haven't been to Perth. Uh, and therefore they had earthen walls. Uh, the, others, the others had earthen walls or palisades, so um, ones that were constructed. This one was made of stone. Now, because it was fortified, the issue was that everyone lived within the walls. And this is why they were building up. Mm-hmm. But they were continue running out of room. So the idea was, well, what do we do now? So by the 18th century, the area itself was derelict uh, and the city authorities decided to build on top of it. So rather than cover the whole street, they only did a part of it, having a, a large wedge of Mary King's clothes hidden underneath the brand new buildings. So um, all the way up until the 18th century, so 100 or so years later, because they locked it all up, right, mm-hmm. and went, it's gone. We're, we're not <laughs> they, thinking they about what? it. It's gone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> They're not even thinking <laughs> that the place exists anymore. It took 100 years to actually get down there and go, there's no, there's nowhere else for us to go. We've got to go up. So there are, there are, are some places where the buildings are fourteen stories high. What? That's what? Yeah. So they used to just chuck another, another room on top of another room on top of another room, and that's how people lived. Jenga. Yeah, it was. It was a massive Jenga. But did they have the structural science back then? Who knows? Sorry, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking a bit funny because my jaw is so sore. But Some of those buildings had a great lean. Mm. And, you know, if they leant towards like each York. other, if they leant toward, towards each other, that was a good thing because they could just they lean. They could hold each other they up. They could hold each other up. Like yeah. two friends that are drunk on the street. <laughs> they just lean up against each other. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the city of Edinburgh kind of grew around the Edinburgh Castle, and by the 17th century, Edinburgh was the most populated city in Scotland. Back then, there was no sanitation or hardly any. The streets were narrow, they were horribly dirty, and they smelled absolutely awful. So any wastewater was simply thrown outside uh, where it would remain on the street level. So houses were built vertically with some buildings up to 14 storeys high. Mm. Oh, and... You know, you kind of go, yeah, we know a 14-storey building now. It's freaking huge. Yeah. Oh, lordy. (laughs) So they wanted to make sure that everyone had a house. The wealthiest always were on top. Of course. But that hot air rises, so they'd be getting the steam. (laughs) And the poor people were down in the level of the dirt. 
Um, so there were lanes, there were alleyways, and they tried to sort of just make room for everyone to walk through these massive, big, tall buildings. Uh, and these were called wines and closes, and they had gates to protect the residents from thieves. Oh, it's a bit like my suburb. I wish we had some gates to protect the thieves here that stole my bag with my K2s and my ovulus in it. I reckon that's what's happened. I reckon somebody's grabbed it out the back of my car when we were moving stuff in. It's the only way... Anyway, sorry, I, I digress. Mm. We've lost a bag. Mm. I don't know how it's happened. And it had my ovulus, the ovulus 3, which is worth over $1,000. Oh, my gosh. And I can't replace it. I'll just have a little cry. Sorry, keep going, Renata. <laughs> so there were so many people that lived in Mary King's Close in the 16th century and 17th century that sometimes there were 21,000 people living there at the same time. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of poo. Yeah. Mary's King, Mary <laughs> King's Close was like an underground village, but it wasn't always like that. So that happened somewhere during the 1750s when the town council wanted to build a covered place of exchange. Now, that would keep the merchants off the streets um, from around Mercat Cross and St Giles. The Royal Exchange was finished seven years later. So it cropped the tops of many of the buildings inside the close and a vaulted ceiling was created, as we know today. So they levelled it all out, cut the top levels off, Yeah. And then they did these vaulted ceilings over the top. Right. So it looks like cathedral in there, does it? Like vaulted ceilings? Well, in some areas, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the weird thing about it was that it's like, it's really hard to explain. You've got to go and see it. It's, yeah. I just, I can't explain it. Even when I see pictures of how they, they describe it, my head still can't get around yeah, it. Because the pictures I've seen look more like caves and tunnels and things like that than yeah. um, big open spaces. So... I, we we have to go in. I know you've already gone, but I have to go in. Yeah, yeah. So um, Mary King's Close is actually a cluster of several closes connected by small alleys and walkways. It's like a, a labyrinth and it has eight layers. So the people who lived uh, in the close were fairly rich people uh, and they were successful merchants, lawyers and even doctors. Remember, they were getting them off the street and down below. Right, okay, yep. yeah. Uh, and they lived in the grand high houses up on top. Right. They owned a house which had several levels mm-hmm. and also a cellar. And the people who lived in the low houses uh, were everyone from a tradesman to the very poorest. So there's like a, an entryway that they go down into the lower levels. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't, you you really don't get to see too much on the tour, mm-hmm. but enough. It's so, all secrets. So some low houses were quite comfortable, but some were dark and lacked sanitation. Um, and a strange fact, Sir Simon Preston, the Lord Provost of Craig Miller Castle, owned a house in Mary King's Close in the 16th century. He was one of the last people to have sympathy for the then fallen Queen Mary. So Mary, Queen of Scots, she actually spent her last night in Edinburgh in Mary King's Close in 1567. Oh. She had lost the Battle of Carberry Hill. Uh, and this was not a real battle, but a series of negotiations, which she failed. Oh, and dear. her every move was watched by guards, so it wasn't a pleasant stay. So she feared for her life because almost everyone wanted her dead. So after that, she was taken to prison in Loch Leven Castle. So in 1644, Mary King 
died and four months later the plague broke out in England. Did she cause the plague? Maybe. She died and then the plague happened? Maybe. Maybe. She cursed. So due to overcrowding within the city walls, the plague spread like an oil stain. Look, you've got everyone enclosed underground. Yep. You've only got kind of gates to let Takes people in and out. Takes one person to sneeze and that's it. That's it. You're Seal done. Up. You are done. Yep. There and was, they had those, that, didn't they have the doctors in there that had the... Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Oh, sorry, yep. do you get to that? Yep. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, so two I'm types of pl- Two types of plague actually hit the city. The pneumonic plague, also known as the Black Death, and the bubonic plague, which causes pus-filled boils. Oh, I had one of those on my face the other day. Just popped out. That's mask wearing. I just love it. If not treated, these Was that boils. Too much information. <laughs> if not treated, these boils could grow to the size of oranges. Oh no, I didn't have one of those. We need Doctor Pimple Popper for that <laughs> one. Oh, you imagine how many hits we'd get on those ones. You'd have to wear the face guard in case oh. it went. <laughs> I don't know why I keep going back to Dr. Pimple Popper. You can't, it's, it's like a car crash. You can't take your eyes away from it. Oh, she did one the other day and it exploded. It went up this girl's armpit. I was like, oh, that's, I think I might vomit. But, you know, that's really cool. I might just watch that again. And aren't you pissed off if you get to the end of the of the thing and they don't actually show it popping? Yes. They just take it out the hole just, and go, look at just, that, it weighed two pounds. It's like, stab it. I want to see it explode. I want that bus. How did we get onto this? I don't know. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh. I digress. Oh, my God. I've lost the spot. At least your glasses aren't fogging up yet. Not it's yet, a good day. Not yet. Uh, so, yes, uh, if not treated, these balls could grow to the size of oranges. When the boils burst, they could infect the victim's blood, almost certainly leading to death. <laughs> when the plague hit, 300 infected residents were sealed within the clothes. So this sounds but barbaric, but was the only way to prevent more spreading. I don't think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so the seal victims were just left to die on their own. Sorry, see ya. Yeah. That's it. So we, we all carry on about our rights and, and we don't have to wear a mask if we don't choose to. And these poor bastards are being sealed up yeah. in a tomb. Yep. So it was only because of uh, the people that lived up above them that they actually got some food and ale every day. Oh, yes. Uh, because they couldn't really drink water because no. the water was putrid. Yes. So they could they drank ale. Yes. And, of course, there was a, a plague doctor. I, I did that during <clears> the COVID <throat> lockdowns too. I only drank, drank alcohol instead of water because, you know... <laughs> So a plague a plague doctor by the name of George Ray actually sacrificed himself and went down to care for them. He was the one that wore a long leather coat and a bird-like beak and mask, yeah. you know, filled with herbs to protect him against the illness. Yeah, that big that big hook nose thing that yeah. actually stuffed full of herbs and stuff to yeah. ward off the miasmas. Yeah. Now Ray saved many lives by cutting away, away the boils <gasps> and burning the flesh. Oh, oh. I wonder if they sizzled and popped oh when you put them on the, the fire. Oh, oh boy. 
but it was effective. Yeah. So, yeah. The cramped, smelly streets and rooms were bad as they were, but one also had to be cautious because there were murderers, rapists and thieves that were also living down there and would take advantage of these people dying. Um, There were other dangers too, like the workshops, the tanner, who used horses' urine for his leather-making process, was in danger. It was a danger to public health. What? Well, let's not worry about the poo and wee that they used to throw out the window to everyone. Yeah, just the poor old horses' urine. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you used urine to tan the leather. Uh Uh-huh. They talked about that in Shakespeare's house, uh-huh. how William Shakespeare's family used to tan leather in one of the rooms. Oh, the smell. And they would open up a window in their house, yeah. uh, literally onto the street, and sell the leather. Uh-huh. They'd go, mm, Bill's tanning leather today, I can smell the pee. Yeah, but you'd um, people would sell their urine. Oh, right, okay. Not the leather, yeah. you're talking about the urine. yeah. People would sell their urine that's, so that's that the leather would, they'd have something to put the leather in to tan it. Oh, God. Yeah, when they talk about being piss poor. Yeah. That's oh. what it's from. Oh, Renata, that's fascinating. Yeah, there you go. All right, keep going. So a poisonous uh, biogas, ero- oh, sorry, um, I've missed a line. Uh, so Mary King's Close was also located next to the old Norlock, a heavily polluted swamp used for dumping rubbish. And a poisonous biogas arose from the swamp, penetrating the walls of the close. This gas caused hallucinations and produced a creepy greenish light, which was mistaken for ghostly apparitions. Aha. And the first ghost stories from this place actually date back to the 17th century. Well, I'll cross that one off my list as well. (laughs) Yes. So Mary King's Close was covered over and swallowed up um, into the basements of a lot of the big buildings that stood over the top. The sloping ground meant that houses fronting onto the Royal Mile were destroyed. But further down the close... Whole houses were buried intact. Wow. So even though uh, it was buried underground, the close wasn't totally abandoned. Some residents didn't want to leave and carried on running their businesses. In this strange half-buried world, so you could head underground to buy a tobacco or to get a wig made. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hmm. So, sawmakers, the Chesney family, were the closest last residents. They hung on in there until 1902. Oh, wow. When they were finally forced out as the Royal Exchange Building now used as the city chambers was extended and the last of the close was sealed up. Then in 2003, Mary King's Close was opened as a visitor attraction. Once so it's been sealed for 100 years? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, it was opened as a visitor attraction once archaeologists and historians had analysed all the evidence they could find to uncover what life had been like for underground Edinburgh, Edinburgh in the 17th century. So it became almost like a time capsule. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they did say that they were still pulling a lot of things out of there mm-hmm. um, and stuff that was left by the residents, which is a real surprise uh, that there was still so much you know, so many intricate things that were left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know what happened to the bodies from underneath there because obviously people had died. Mm. So what happened? And whether that actually left... Because if you had the bubonic plague down there, what did they use to clean the place out and make sure that it was safe for people? Urine, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know that either. bit. I don't know how they made it safe. No. That's a question that needs to be answered. Yeah. I suppose they it's they've just gotta wait till the disease has nothing left to feed on and dies out. So if they've sealed it up for a hundred years. Imagine the rats down there. You don't kiss one. Don't uh, let them bite you. Uh, anyway. That's you done? That's me done. All righty oh. Well I don't have much more to do because I've already told all mine and you gave my last little bit. I'm oh. joking. Oh, sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> All right. Oh, let me have a look here. So on to the ghost stories. Well, I did do a lot of the ghost stories in that opening soundscape, but I wanted to sort of look at a few of the characters in detail. So there is a celebrity ghost down there, and her name is Annie. Have yes. you heard of Annie? Oh, everyone's heard of Annie. 
Right, they're even at the stage now that people are leaving her toys and yes. sending her presents. Yes. And, well, yes. let me talk to you a little bit about Annie. Oh. So mm-hmm. she's supposed to be a ghostly preteen uh, that scared the living daylights out of a Japanese psychic in 1992. So the lady was... Um, not that impressed with the tour until she arrived at one of the little small rooms there and was suddenly struck by an overwhelming feeling of sickness, hunger and cold. And when she tried to leave, felt the ghastly tug of a ghostly hand on her leg. So this was the little girl ghost Annie. Now, I found various stories about Annie. Yes, you will. Ah, yes. Very interesting. So the first one I just reported there, that was from scotsman.com. So that was pretty basic, yeah. Then we go on to this one here. And this one, uh, where did that come from? I've got so many bits of paper. This, They're, they're a little bit more... Um, Interesting in the description. The most poignant of its earthbound spirits is that of a little girl whose lank hair hangs over a pale face that is covered in weeping sores. The other one was just like, I had somebody hold my hand. She was discovered by a Japanese medium brought here by a television company and who was told nothing? Nothing of the clothes history prior to her visit. Stepping into one of the rooms, the medium was overwhelmed by a disturbingly depressive aura. As she turned to leave, someone tugged on her trouser leg. Going back into the room, she found a disheveled young girl weeping in the corner who told her that she had died of the sickness in 1645. The distraught child revealed that she had lost her doll and was very lonely and unhappy as a result. Moved by her plight, the television crew bought her a doll and left it in the room. Ever since then, many visitors have brought gifts for the ghostly child and a bizarre collection of toys, dolls, books even coins are now piled in the corner of the room. Mm-hmm. Apparently the coins and the money that arrives, they send off to a local children's charity. So that's a good thing mm-hmm. that they do that. But that was so much more descriptive, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, it was. Yeah. It was. Now, I, I also like that the television crew went and bought her a doll. I thought that was really nice. But do you know the type of doll that they bought her? Mm-hmm. It was a tartan Barbie. Oh, tartan Barbie. What's that? Tartan Barbie. Ah. Um, and uh, apparently recently the doll has gone missing. Somebody's taken it. And they've started to hashtag bring back the doll. Oh, really? So I wonder if Annie's upset. Poor Annie. Then I found this other really cool story. Uh, now, he was... Um, Thomas Colhart, who I think he said was the the last people yes. to leave. Colt, yep. Colt Hart. Yes. Um, so he and his wife refused to leave, were almost driven mad by terrifying images of floating limbs, bodiless phantom of a child, a grotesque, monstrous form of a dog that would curl up on a chair. So um, that that was a great description. Then. I found an even better description because apparently people don't like to have just plain old stories. Mm -hmm. They like to have something that's got a little more guts to it. So the one with a little bit more guts to it yeah. um, was from darkhauntings.wordpress.com. Uh, they just seem to add it, spice it up a little bit. Let me read it. 
According to Professor Sinclair, Mr. Thomas Colthart, a respectable law agent, and his wife moved into a house in Mary King's Close with their maid servant. The servant soon left the close and her employment after hearing the spooky tales. Shortly after moving in, Mrs. Colthart sat reading her Bible when a vision frightened her and made her faint. She explained to her husband that she saw a disembodied head of a grey-bearded old man. The husband put it down to an overactive imagination. They tried to pray it away, but to no avail. Later, a second apparition appeared of a young girl wearing a coat and standing next to the old man's head. A while later, a third appeared before them in the form of an arm, which seemed to be reaching out to shake the hands of the living couple. Just an arm. Just, just, an just an arm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought it was most amusing that they've introduced a Bible. Yes. No other story mentions the fact that they were sitting reading a Bible. But, you know, it does make it a better story if there is a Bible involved, doesn't mm. it? Yes, it does. Yes. And the story just goes on a little bit more. Um, it said there, In the name of the living God, tell me why thou troubles my family. To my knowledge, I have never wronged any man by killing or cheating, but have lived innocently in the world. If thou hast received any wrong, if I can write thee, I shall do my utmost for thee, but trouble me no more. The pleadings did nothing and things continued to happen. These phantoms were soon joined by a ghost dog. What? A ghost cat? Yeah. And other spectral creatures. Ha-ha! <laughs> I don't know. And finally they heard a terrifying groan. Oh. That wasn't terrifying. <laughs> How's that? God. And all the spin spinach. <laughs> Vanished. Surprisingly, the couple refused to let these occurrences run them out of their new home and they remained in Mary King's Close for the remainder of their lives, never to be troubled, troubled by the spectres again. However, later, two more occupants moved to the close. A hard-drinking pensioner and his wife. <laughs> oh, my God. On the night they moved in, they saw their candle begin to turn blue. Oh, no. Shortly afterwards, the ghostly head reappeared and the couple fled their home and never to be seen again. Now that, if their candle was turning blue, doesn't that actually suggest that there's some sort of chemicals in the air? Yes. I think they might have, have been hallucinating. They could have been hallucinating. <gasps> I'm going to go breathe but deeply. See, <laughs> there are people who believe that, because um, they used to use candles uh, for connecting with spirit as well. This and, is true. And, and they used to uh, say that certain candle colours would let you know what type of spirit <gasps> you're see. identifying oh, with. Oh, look at that. <laughs> That's fabulous, Renata. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I've got a little bit of another story here about orbs. Okay. You're going to love that. No dust down there. Um, the, this is from Scottish Paranormal, a group of amateur enthusiasts of the supernatural captured a very faint white or transparent sphere. Right. They're called a sphere. A sphere. Down in the, the Mary King's Close 
tunnels. Yeah. Um, when photographing the recreated workshop, they, they sorry, I don't know what that is. When photographing the recreated workshop, anyway. Um, so they're hoping that they can go down in there and find their spiritual orbs yet again. Mm-hmm. I reckon if they go down there and shake a blanket, they'll find a lot. <coughs> Oh like they hide in blankets. You don't. They you, do. Yeah, they do. It's demonic blankets. <laughs> it's a sheet of protection. <laughs> that's it. It stopped it. All that they get stuck on they the other st- side. They get stuck in the wool. Yep. And that's then, it. then you have to like shake them out. Yeah. But then I got so excited because I recognise. Is that why they wear tartan? Because it's made <gasps> of wool. It doesn't stop those orbs getting through oh. to their privates. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> did you say it stops them getting to their nuts? <laughs> <laughs> No, I did not. Oh, okay, cool. Have a bit of a flush on that. Um, so apparently the scientists love going down there and looking for paranormal activity as well. Uh-huh. And there is the report of Dr. Richard Weissman, who went down there, invited the public to join them in a series of experiments. Um, apparently they have festivals and things of ghosts there, and they, they all get into all of this stuff. But they mentioned that he was assisted by Dr. Carolyn Watt. Caroline uh, Watt was my tutor at the University ah, of Edinburgh. So go. I'm very excited to see her name there. Um, she says that 40% uh, or more of people participating in the experiment reported having experiences. Um, so I thought that was a little bit of coolness there. Mm-hmm. Getting all my pages muddled now. Now, Dr. Carolyn herself had an experience. She said, I was in part of the close where no one else was supposed to be, she says. I heard footsteps and the sound of rustling clothing. From a professional point of view, I was annoyed because I thought it was someone intruding on our experiment. But when I asked the tour guides, I found out there was no one there. It's that rustles again. Yeah. I just want to pack, pack, boop, 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 pop back over to Annie, right? So uh, there are some people who have done some research into finding out who Annie was. And I found this great, uh, um, I, I sort of was wondering at first, it was a WordPress blog and it was called BS Historian. And I went, oh, okay, this is interesting BS. I wonder what that is. And then I worked out. I think he might be talking about bull mm-hmm. dust. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he has been on the, oh, I'm assuming it was a he, I don't think there was a name attached to it, um, been on this tour in Mary King's Close. And um, the first time, apparently, as they were telling the story of Annie, he went, oh, bullshit. Uh, and that's a bit rude, I think. It's very rude. When somebody's trying to yeah. set the scene for other people who want to enjoy the experience. Yeah. But he went a second time and he decided that he'd be more open-minded about it and asked the tour guide whether there was a historical girl called Annie who had been found to live in the parts of the close. Um, and apparently two tour guide said, yes, yes, of course, there was a daughter of a merchant that owned that very house over there. Um at the time, he didn't ask for his sauces, didn't get the tomato or barbecue out. That's my sauce joke for those who don't get it. Boom tish. Thank you. Uh, but uh, with a little bit of historical research, 
he did find out that it was <laughs> bullshit uh, and that uh, it was Chinese whispers and it was something that they've just created. The closest thing that they found was that there was somebody who had a child down the street that was unnamed. Right. Yep. That's got nothing to do with anything. It could have been anyone. Yep. Yeah. So they, he seems to think that um, there is no evidence of family have lived in the house or part of the close. Don't think the guide was lying. Has just been, you know, learnt their script and mm-hmm. repeating what they've been told and probably yeah. believe it themselves. Yep. Um, and he calls it this script creep. Uh, victim of script creep, which is the where you tell creepy stories. Um, so they, they, he tried to track down the Japanese psychic yeah. uh, to see if there was a video of the actual report of this psychic having the experience. Uh, and all he could find was somebody who had been there reporting on what the Japanese psychic had uh, reported. Uh, so I've got, I've got a little bit of a um, sort of thing here that they said. He said, right, I'm going to take you, I'm going to take the cameraman into the room behind me, probably used for the butler or the housekeeper. They invariably used a separate pantry. And they said, I want you to come in. But she stopped at the door there. Oh, no, she says, I'm not going to come in. The guide says, why not? The lady says, well, I sense there's great sadness in that room. I feel the room is full of very, very sick people. But then two minutes later, she changed her mind. She walked in. The guide says, well, two minutes ago, you wouldn't go near the place. Why have you suddenly gone in? Oh, she says, a little girl's asking me. The guide asks, what little girl? Oh, she says, standing, she's standing here beside me. And of course, the guy goes, oh, yeah. What does she look like? And she replied that she told me her name's Annie. She's about eight years old, very ragged clothing, very dirty. She's crying. Oh, now I've asked her why she's crying. The child says, well, I've got the sickness. Now that is how they've referred to the plague. They merely called it the sickness. The child says, I've got the sickness. I've been taken away from my family. I didn't even have time to bring the doll with me. The Japanese medium said to the camera, go up to one of those uh, tat shops on the Royal Mile and buy a doll and put it in the room. And she said to the guide, you will never see the child again. She explained that in Japanese culture, it's a very important thing that the ancestor spirits are at rest. And she said, when we come across this kind of thing, we leave a symbolic gift. Once the doll was put there, she's never been seen since. Ah be interesting to see if people have caught evidence of Annie. Oh, I'm sure they have. Even though there's, you know, Aki, <clears throat> Akio Gibbo was her name. Um, it seems that Akio Gibbo has actually made a little bit of a career of moving around various haunted locations, yes. touring the world, uh, and seems to have a lot of these stories that she leaves behind in her wake, mm-hmm. which then become legend, mm. becomes part of the facts of the location. Really? Yes. For instance, uh, uh, this one, Akio Gibbo, a psychic from Japan who was visiting us, said the ghost of a little girl was present. She said that the girl's ghost was tugging her right hand. That's a different location. Uh-huh. What about this one? The psychic was standing still 
and her arms held in front of her. She claimed that a little girl was tucking at her right thumb, an accurate description of one of the ghosts she was supposed to be seeing. All right. So it seems to be her shtick. Mm. Unless Annie's just travelling around with her. Could be. No, got a new companion. It might not. Well, I mean, did she ever belong to Mary King's Close? Maybe mm. she belongs to Akio. Maybe she does. Uh, Aiko. Sorry, I've probably got that really wrong. Um, so can, can you say that again? Aiko. Oh, <laughs> Do you like my, my nick? Yep, my nick yep, goes yep. up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's some gold here because... Did you know Most Haunted went down there? Oh, of course they did. With Derek Okora. Oh, I do like a bit of Derek Okora ghosts. Derek says he can sense a lot of screaming, screaming and moaning alongside a repugnant stench. He confirms that those who lived and died here were largely plague victims. Oh, he's on the money, isn't he? He is, isn't he? Wow. Wow. Derek. Wow. wow. Derek. Oh, That's all right. now, fascinating. We've got more evidence from Derek. Yes, go ahead. While Derek is talking, there is a faint crying sound which is caught on camera. Derek states that he believes that this, that the cry was that of a phantom cow. Um, How do cows um, cry? Uh, <laughs> Apparently, there was a lot of animals that lived down there, but well, you uh, had to be, you had to get food. So, I mm. mean, a cow could possibly have been down there for milk. Well, no, this is true. A vet did confirm that the, the area was once used as a cattle shed. Mm. Mm. There you go. Derek also picked up. On a murderer who still resides in the dark rooms of the close and confirms that he is responsible for a feeling of intense foreboding that many might feel in the area. He senses the name... Oh, it's coming to me now. Sam, Sam, help me out here. Major Thomas Weir. And states that this man was into the dark side of witchcraft and sentenced to death for his deeds. Whilst researching... The Most Haunted team did find that there was a Major Thomas Weir who lived in Edinburgh and was executed in 1670 for witchcraft. Although Derek did get that wrong. He said that he was executed in 1691. He must have forgotten his notes. (laughs) Oh, did I just use my outside voice? You did. Oh, sorry about that. Oops. Um... Look, there's more from Derek. I, I, I just want to give a little bit more. In room 10, Derek believes a man died by the hand of another male who viciously beat him to death after luring him to the close for sex. Oh. The horrifying murder replays itself time and, and time again, and Derek states that the murderer is unable to rest. It is he that is the shadow that people often report having seen there. The man was executed for his crime and is still unable to move on for fear of what is waiting him on the other side. He's going to hell. It's fascinating. There's going to be flames. I would have said you were, they were already in hell. Yeah. Now, some of the group did decide to hold a vigil. Mm-hmm. But bar a few orbs, nothing happened. Nothing. <gasps> Look, the other team would be excited. There was more orbs. Mm. Yeah, there was somebody shaking up that blanket. Uh, now, there's somebody called Daryl Der- Derek Olive Ogilvy. Ogilvy. That's the one. I've got a sore tooth. I can't <laughs> say it. Derek Ogilvy. Yeah, now, who was he? Um, anyway, he immediately senses a man who was watching them from the corner. 
I hope it's not the other man who lured him down there for sex. Might be doing lurid things in the corner while watching them. Might be. After a short time attempting to gather the man's name, Derek becomes completely overwhelmed and has to leave the room due to the intensity of the spirit man. Oh, my God. But, of course, Derek Okora now has to step in and have another crack. Um, And he investigates Annie's room with the team. Derek feels that the sensation of being touched on the leg by a gentle hand... But no other activity is reported. <sighs> Apparently, um, the another um, team, what's the TAPS one, the international, they went down there and didn't find much either. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, we've got people like Dr. Kieran O'Keefe, who is a uh, parapsychologist. They've gone down and they've, they've um, come up with ideas of that it might be infrasound yeah. that is causing the, the issue because you do have uh, traffic and cars that are going overhead that would create the thrumming noise mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it could cause hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did mention that it could be uh, gases down there as well. And you were mentioning that there was gases that were yep. being held bubbled up in there and giving people... Hallucinations. Hallucinations. Oh, there was oh one other little bit that I found here. Yes, yes. Um, uh, the close has been a location associated with the paranormal for hundreds of years. Uh, it okay. featured in the most famous bestseller of 1685, Satan's Invisible World Discovered. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Neither have I. I only found one reference to it, but what a name of a book. Wow. Satan's Invisible World Discovered. This told the story of a demonic parade of apparitions which forced locals to flee the close in terror some years before. Okay. But, look, some people are saying that it's, the way it's set up now, it's almost like a specialist theme park. It's not... It's not you know how ghost hunters love to have the original as it is and yeah, dirty look, and grotty no, and bones not. lying around and it's they've not. cleaned it up and they've they've got lights, yeah. they've got people dressed up in costumes. Yep. They're making they're making a buck out of it. But once again, it is one of these environments that's gonna cost money yes. to keep it keep yes. it going. Yep, it's not a cheap it's not a cheap um tour, but we are seeing a piece of history that normally we would not be privy to. Yeah. We would have hated being in that era and having lived down there. It would have been a shocker. But to actually be the voyeur now <laughs> and to be down there amongst all of that and to see it with your own eyes and not have to experience it is something else. Yeah. It I'm, really is. I'm so excited to see this in just a couple of weeks. Mm. And we'll be able to report back to you what happened. We've got to follow our lives on YouTube, guys, because we'll be... Uh, um, if you haven't watched it, we would have covered this one by now, I would say. So get onto the Anne and Renata Ghost Grannies on YouTube. Used YouTube. Oh, my, my jaw is hurting so much. Now, look, you've been down there. So I'm going to ask, is this place haunted, Renata? You're I, a medium. Yeah, You're a psychic medium. I really didn't feel anything down there. I really didn't. And I read in some of the articles that they actually weren't walled up as such. They weren't bricked in. Mm -hmm. Uh, That it was more, um, you guys have got to stay there and we'll bring you food and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. it's it's made into more dramatic story than what it actually was. Mm. Uh, I, I believe that. Yeah, but I mean... 
we all like a really good story, don't we? Yeah. Um, it's still one of the spookiest places to go down and know you are underneath. It, it's like, oh, God, it's it's like Harry Potter world, you know, yeah. when you go down um, that street in Harry Potter oh, world. Yes. yeah. Except Harry Potter world's pretty and this place isn't. Mm. Um, but it's like nothing. And it's real. It's nothing you could ever think of. And then they talked uh, talk to you about how they used to throw uh, – Poo and shit out, and, and we out the windows onto the street, and it becomes very real. Yeah. Well, I can't say whether it's haunted or not. I don't think there's enough information there for me. There's obviously stories that have been made up by psychics and repeated over and over that become legends. Yes. And um, uh, that doesn't do it for me. I need to go down there and experience this one myself. So I'm not willing to say this is haunted or not haunted at this stage. So. Yes, let's let's go and explore and see what happens. Let's leave it hanging. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us this week on True Hauntings. Don't forget we've got our second podcast now, Spooky Sundays. You can enjoy that too. There's loads of episodes there and we're a little bit more crazier and naughtier on that one. So if you've enjoyed it, leave a review where you can. Reach out to us, say hello, tell us your favourite moments. And we thank you all for joining us. Thank you to Bonnie for editing and putting this together. We'll see you all next time on The Dark Side. Bye for now. Stay spooky. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata... Follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.